Welcome to Star Wars Episode 6, New Developments. Last episode, we had many wars, mostly between the Jedi and the Sith, leading us to the year 2000 BBY. The battles between the Jedi and the Sith have become a bit more common with no real outlying goal aside from the I'm right and my side's better and you're wrong and neither side really giving into the other. But this led the rest of the galaxy into a time of development, both technological and for colonization. And with these developments, we get even more trade routes than before, and even more systems joining the Galactic Republic, which is both good and bad. On one hand, there's more voices to express concerns with the rest of the galaxy, but on the other hand, that means the Republic is now getting involved in a lot of systems' business, you know, making some systems more reliant than they probably should be on the Republic, especially since the wars that have happened over the past thousands of years, systems were, like, desperate to be on the side of the good guys fighting for peace, which was great, we loved that, but at the same time, a lot was happening in space that was uncontrollable. You have star systems dying over, you know, over time, uh, getting hit with giant asteroids. Like a lot of shit happens all over all the time, right? And the Kron Drift is one of those places located in the Outer Rim. It was like the main and really only path to the planet Ossus the ancient Jedi planet. And if you remember what we talked about last week, uh, <laughs> Naga Sadao used the force to destroy all the, all the stars around Ossus and, uh, they turned supernova and bad stuff happened. But what? The result of that, aside from Ossus being destroyed, was it created a giant asteroid field, which cut off basically the rest of the galaxy, including the Jedi, to Ossus. I mean, someone could technically try to fly through it, but you, you couldn't enter hyperspace, which you basically have to, to travel through that whole arm of the galaxy to get to Ossus. So that, that kind of sucks. Not that there was much left after it getting destroyed, but Jedi would still want to go there. Setting the Jedi's issues aside for a second, we have a new player in the galaxy, the Wookiees of Kashyyyk, which I'm sure most people are aware of Chewbacca, etc. But if you're not, or just don't know much about Wookiees, no worries. It's basically a species of humanoid 
almost Bigfoot reminiscent guys, uh, like completely covered from head to toe in long shaggy hair. Now, generally, I think a lot of people think of Wookiees as like big, dumb, strong, hairy, gorilla sidekick guys. But in reality, they're like incredibly smart. They live about 400 years. And the name Wookiee translates to the people of the trees, which they would regularly consult the mighty trees of Kashyyyk before battle and bow their heads against the trunks to listen to their wisdom which was pretty easy for them while living on Kashyyyk which was home to the giant Warshire trees around which they built their houses so you know they're able to kind of embrace all of the nature around them and it kind of became a really big part of their culture and with all this wisdom and knowledge of their environment, they became, they became renowned craftsmen. Uh, they would regularly blend off-world technology like blasters and lightsabers with traditional materials like wood and precious stones and metals. The most iconic weapon is, for the Wookiees were bowcasters which were like a blaster blended with a crossbow. Granted, the most famous bowcaster is obviously Chewbacca's, but it was kind of also an exception uh, since he put in like an automatic cocking system, which was considered not traditional. But he got in a lot more fights than normal Wookiees, so he had to, you know, upgrade it a little bit. But it wasn't always easygoing for our Wookiees. They were absolutely hated by Trandoshans, which were like the expert hunter lizard humanoids. And it would lead to Trandoshans capturing Wookiees and making them slaves or even dropping them off on an island to hunt them like most dangerous game style. Outside of that, they were usually left alone which was great for them since Wookiees were very deeply rooted in their traditions and own culture. They had a whole initiation ritual for Wookiees when they turned 12 to enter adulthood, which I guess was the entire rest of their 388 years, <laughs> which, which is a long time, uh, especially when you consider how much they value loyalty, honor, and friendship which was like their whole entire deal. So it's like if you save a Wookiee's life, they were your best friend for your entire life because they're going to outlive you, which ends up being kind of a bad deal for the Wookiees uh, when they leave Kashyyyk and end up in this situation. Because they're so loyal and such great friends that when they inevitably lose their partner, whose lifespan on a good planet is a fourth of theirs, they go through an incredibly long mourning period where they might not ever be the same. But while we've made it to the year 2000 BBY, the Wookiees have developed a some new technology while we're 
just in this year of our maker and uh it's a battle shield which seems like kind of like duh they have some kind of protection right uh but this big wooden shield even though it started as being a battle shield uh became a staple during important ceremonies and they were all like super intricate like long teardrop wooden shaped arm shields and you you can see them anytime there's like a big ceremony or something or celebration of where Wookiees are involved you'll you'll see them which is kind of neat but now is a good time as any uh since covered we kind of have to transition a little bit to a different area of the galaxy but now is a good time as any to invite you to become a subscriber to the show for as low as three dollars a month uh you can enjoy this show early as i make them uh in video if you want and get access to my giant streaming service with thousands upon thousands of shows movies even some music uh new stuff old stuff every star wars show and movie already arranged in order with cool cover art if you like that kind of thing uh, with n- new stuff added daily sometimes as things air sometimes before things are released you can watch it on anything and you can get direct support from me personally if something is isn't working for you um i can probably fix it uh and and you can make requests for stuff if i don't somehow already have it all you got to do is go to vexcomics.com, hit the subscribe button, and it's, you just follow the instructions. It's easy peasy. Uh, I'm also in the process of setting up a Discord for show updates, streaming service updates, requests, other fun stuff. Um, and I just switched it over from being a supporter to the show to being a subscriber to the show. I don't... In- entirely know how that translates into the user side of it yet i've i've only played around with the uh podcaster side of it um but allegedly updates will or episodes before they're released will be available early but they, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works out because you might have to log in, but I don't know where a login would be unless it's from when you subscribe. I don't, I don't know. If you if you are subscribed and you use the streaming service, they do get posted there early as I make them. So they're, they're there. Uh, but again, that's at vexcomics.com and you just hit the white subscribe button. Easy peasy. Now... This part of the episode is kind of the buildup where most of this stuff won't really feel important right now and kind of out of place, but it'll show up later. But first on our list is it's still the year 2000 BBY, Y2K, and the Jedi had a lot going on. They were sent all over the galaxy in the name of the Republic, which was incredibly helpful for the galaxy as a whole. But I mean, 
as we've discovered, it's led to some pretty dangerous situations. Uh, occasionally around this time, these dangerous situations would lead to the Jedi being in trouble and needing support from other Jedi, causing them to send out a distress signal through the Force, drawing the other Jedi nearby to come to their rescue. However, in our Maker's Year of 2000 BBY, this was the last time this Jedi distress code would be used through the forest, which to me seems like a good thing. Uh, I mean, the less distress signals sent, the better. But it's not really explained why the Jedi as a whole stopped using this system. But what do I know? I mean, maybe it just hasn't been mentioned yet. I don't know. We do also have a new mythology born out of the year 2000. A clock built in the stone on Mount Arakirkos by the Arakian monks living on the planet. And it was said that any individual that watched every swing of the pendulum of the clock for an entire day would have the lifespan of the universe revealed to them. Doesn't seem like super valuable information to me, or really even important information, but what do I know? I, I mean, it's like you do that for a whole day and discover the lifespan of the universe is 200 billion years. Like, what did you gain in information versus the day you lost. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but now we actually fast forward uh, 700 years to the year 1300 BBY. Not much has really been mentioned or recorded for that time in between from 2000 to 1300. It's, so there's really nothing to even go over. Uh, I don't know why everyone's avoided that amount of time, but it just seems like a good chunk to just disappear. Maybe the Jedi removes some history. Who knows? But in 1300 BBY, we have the nice, innocent people of Bancora. We're just like happily doing their own thing on their own home world, just living life, having a good time. When suddenly tragedy strikes, a meteor collides with their home world of Bancora, killing millions and destroying the planet. Luckily, with the help of the Galactic Republic, they were able to save a lot of the Bancor people and move them to a small sanctuary known as the Bancor Refuge on Coruscant, created by Supreme Chancellor Chasen Pian, and gave this land to the Bancoran people to use indefinitely, like wrote it into law. He's kind of a kind of a good guy. 
got them squared away. You know, their planet was getting destroyed. He's like, take some of our planet. It's all good. And around this time, a new Sith enters the chat. Darth Shaw. Still prior to the rule of two. uh, Starting out as a Lady of the Sith and eventually earning the title of Darth. And she's pretty good with the dark side of the Force. And through her adventures, she learned of a Force-sensitive user named Momin. And when she learned about Momin and things he had done, she learned that he was imprisoned for his creations. Uh, He was a dark side scholar and sculptor and would make stuff so disturbing, mainly the materials he used to make all of his stuff for like people and stuff like that. Just stuff that you'd get locked up for. But Darth Shaw was like, oh shit, he made what? I gotta have this dude on my team. You know, if I I could make him like way more powerful and be unstoppable and I like his vibes. So she breaks him out, claims him as her apprentice and trains him in the dark side of the force. But Momin had a whole internal issue going on, grandeur situations with himself, and a couple other stuff happening upstairs. And didn't like calling anyone master. Because he was second to no one. So... You know, moments free. He's, he's getting trained by Shaw and uh, kills Darth Shaw. Because I'm nobody's my master. And took the teachings of the dark side upon himself. Which seemed to be pretty successful. Um, he, he ended up developing several kinds of crazy weapons, like the Fermata Cage. Which, using the dark side of the force, could freeze individual moments and suspend people and places in time. The individual or place could then be recalled to the present as if no time had passed. It was shaped like an hourglass, but instead of sand, it contained mini black holes held in place by a dark side matrix surrounding the glass giving it the ability to warp and trap time within itself now it wasn't just some easy peasy situation to open it up and this hourglass you know would just be ready to go um <laughs> this hourglass of uh you could trap a whole city in space and time, but it required an immense amount of dark side energy, either from a force user, like directly applying the force to it, or if there was no dark side force users around, it could collect the life energy of all organic life forms in its vicin- vicinity. 
I'm actually kind of surprised it hadn't like hasn't had much use like in since that time but a lot of his weapons and inventions revolved around freezing time and it was like his whole like goal but if this magic hourglass wasn't enough he wanted to make a bigger version uh like a trophy and it would just like it was his like biggest accomplishment and since his ascendance within the dark side during this time he had grown to the title of darth momen gaining his own followers called the darth momen acolytes and using the resources he inherited from darth shah and the help of his acolytes Darth Momin built a super weapon capable of destroying an entire city and mounted it to a ship so that it could transport this super weapon. And in an attempt to kind of, well, he did it mainly to be worthy of the deepest levels of the dark side of the force because he felt he needed to to up his level a little bit so that he could get the respect from the Dark Force users because he wasn't super liked from even the Sith people um, like they also kind of wanted to lock him up a little bit because he, he was he was a little too extreme for both sides definitely the Jedi side but he was too extreme for the Sith side they weren't prepared to like follow him to war but this super weapon that he made was real powerful and it, it couldn't just destroy a city it could turn the entire city into ash like like it didn't exist but we know moment isn't so simple I mean, his plans were much more drawn out than just turning a city into ash. Like, cool. Okay. Um, he wanted to, like, pour all the force energy he could into the weapons engine to freeze, like, time with it, which would freeze the expressions of the city's victims in time. With the entire city frozen at the moment of impact as like a mega trophy for the entire galaxy to understand his true power. So he found a city, made all the preparations, and was set to cement himself as a defining piece for the dark side of the force for all time. The Jedi, however, boarded his super weapon ship as the weapon powered up to fire and just their presence alone was enough to kind of split his focus from his ultimate goal and as a result Momin missed his chance to put all of his force energy into the weapon because it was draw he was nervous about getting like the Jedi getting to the weapon before it fired and he had too much going on in his in his mind at the time and he couldn't 
focus all of his effort into putting it into the weapon. Now, the super weapon still destroyed the city. Um, there wasn't much anyone could do about that. And when the Jedi finally made it to the room Momin was in, all they found was his incinerated body with his consciousness being trapped in his own mask. And the mask of Lord Darth, either one, Darth Momin, uh, became a very powerful Sith artifact for all time. And it was stored in the archives of the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. He had ultimately considered his super weapon a failure, making his life's work to him feel like a failure. Since he couldn't freeze his victims in time during their most terrifying moment and have it be permanent in place as like a fixture in the galaxy for everyone to be afraid of which led him to incinerate himself so (laughs) the lesson is (laughs) the lesson we learned today uh, you know don't rush yourself if you're feeling pressured by like outside forces you could lose your focus and not achieve your goals <laughs> the, <you> know, <laughs> the the jedi did wipe all history of moment from the record like they usually do for crazy events like this and it became another item in the forbidden knowledge that nobody talked about or was able to read but anywho next time episode 7 the fall of the old republic but you know there's uh the new episodes will be out on Tuesdays midnight pacific time uh so they should be ready or, or already downloaded ready to go at pretty much any time uh, but uh, I think that's going to be the release schedule mostly from uh, these episodes. I, th- I think I can make them pretty regularly if, if I get close to 30 minutes. If they're a bit short, I might, you know, reserve the right to make multiple episodes per week. But that's that's about it for all of the advancements slowly inching our way closer to uh, the hundreds of BBY. I think next episode, in episode 7, we finally hit 999 BBY. But we'll see. 